Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Searching for something to put a smile back on your face. Just remembering unusual times it can come from an unusual place. You need a partner for the ride, cause everybody needs a climb. So set your worries to the side. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Jessica, I'm really, really hoping that you will adopt me. (laughs) I am the biggest kid at the orphanage (laughs) and my toddler bed doesn't fit me anymore and i need you and will to adopt me Mm -hmm. you're not gonna move off to california no live with your uh new dog and older sister sarah that's a conflict of interest that uh, that would be so confusing can you imagine as someone (laughs) what would you do if you were like oh this little girl is cute let's adopt her and then they're like oh but their name is already the same name as the kid you have you're like well I don't know what to do with that. They, I don't know, because you would say like, okay, like, so, so and so will go by their middle name, but that's not fair. That's definitely not fair. Definitely not. Like, I mean, depending on how old the kid is, right? Like they're probably super attached to their name. Like if it's like a baby, then like, I guess it doesn't matter. But like, unless the whole idea would be like, like if you make it exciting for the kid, hey, Timmy, like you're so cool, but wouldn't you like to choose a super cool name for yourself. Oh, that's how you trick the kid? And then they're like, oh my god, yeah. And the next thing you know, like the kid's name is going to be like Iron Man. I'll be honest. You're like, way to go, Iron Man. I think you could pull this off with Tommy. He doesn't seem to be like the smartest kid around. Like, no offense to Tommy, but like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that Tommy just wants to be a part of a fam. I feel really bad for him. This yeah. has been an ongoing thing throughout the season. Tommy, we first meet Tommy on the Christmas episode where Tommy says that he wants parents for Christmas. I feel like 
that is the recipe for a perfect Lifetime movie during Christmas. Ah. Orphan kid asks Santa for parents. And then he finds someone and they're like, no, you can't have him because we required two parents for our adoption agency. And so then the person that the kid wants to adopt them meets someone else through a meet cute. Mm-hmm. But or 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 the kid meets a single like person and that person goes to the orphanage and falls in love with one of the orphanage workers. Boom. Mm-hmm. Together. Boom. Adopt the kid. Or how about this? Santa Claus is real and Santa <laughs> Claus and Mrs. Claus adopt the kid. OK, I could see that. A very merry uh, Christmas adoption. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, any Christmas movie is just recycled old Christmas content from, like, old yeah. Christmas movies. But I like this oh, idea. Totally. I think this works. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> poor Tommy didn't get any of this. He got shipped off to California. No, and Tommy kind of sucks, and I'm not sorry to see him go. Sorry, not sorry. What? What do you mean Tommy sucks? I just, like, don't just care trying... about this storyline. I gotta say. Really? I gotta say, like, this season has been pretty good. It's really hard to hit the high highs we hit in season five, right? Like, it's already set up to fail because it's following season five. But these two episodes, <laughs> I literally was like... What are we doing, though? Like, what are we I actually like, can doing I help here? cheer you? I like the first episode that we are covering today. I thought both of I thought both of the storylines were good. You the entire season are like, Eric is stupid. I hate dumb Eric. I wish that they would give him I some character. I just don't know why everything they give him has to do with, like, kids or, like, because he's had so many kid storylines. Like, we've done this before, right? Like I we know don't we've need done do it before. Again. I know we've done it before, but I don't know. I think like uh, Eric is really good with kids. It's honestly the biggest travesty that we, as far as we know, Eric has never had children of his own because he is such a good father figure. Um, At least these these episodes that we've seen. Yeah, he's a big kid. I guess he would kind of be like Robin Williams in Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes, where he's like the fun dad all the time, and whoever his significant other is would be like, "You get to be the good guy all the time. You get to have the petting zoo, and I have to be the bad cop." I can't wait to actually seriously talk through. Uh, the idea of Eric adopting because I have so many thoughts um, of how it certainly he would not get approved to be a father who's adopting a kid. Well, the the funding is, I think, the biggest um, concern. He lives at home. Like, well, he does not have a home to live in. Yeah, I suppose like that would be a big issue but mm-hmm. also I mean as long as you have a roof over your house do you really need your own home I feel like the adoption people I would say yes probably probably <laughs> um but yeah of course we're talking two episodes can I help to cheer you and be true um so let's start with can I help to cheer you we start off the episode Corey and Topanga are talking about wedding planning which oh we both gosh. know so much about and it's not fun dude this was Actually, this was like my least favorite part was Topanga talking about how stressful it is to wedding plan and that they'll never be able to afford anything that they actually want because this was extremely triggering for my current situation. Mm -hmm. I can't even begin to think about wedding planning. I've been engaged for a little bit of time because it's so expensive and I have a particular 
aesthetic that I would like to reach. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if it's not going to be perfect, then what's even the point? That's kind of the issue that I'm running into right now. Right. And And I I honestly made this whole storyline kind of made me sick because I was just like, oh, it's still so true. It also kind of feels like a non-entity this episode. Like it comes up and then it doesn't really feel like there's a ton about it. Really? Like Topanga nonstop was bitching about not being able to afford anything and this her their wedding is never going to be as good as the wedding that they're at it's just so the whole storyline is very strange to me so yeah they're talking about how like well we need to start wedding planning Topanga's like talking to Corey like we need to start doing all of this and she's like we don't like and Corey says we haven't set a date and Topanga says we don't set the date a banquet hall is going to be booked two years in advance and they pick the date which like partially is true I suppose like if you had your sights set on a very specific place and they only had certain dates open yeah you're locked into those dates but most places you're like okay what around what time of year at least do you want to get married you want to get married in the spring in the fall in the summer whatever and then you go based on that I think it's because they were saying in a previous episode that they want, I think cutting the cord that they wanted to get married get married nine months from then so maybe they had a specific time of year that they maybe. wanted to get married in nine months and they didn't have a specific date because so then they're like, OK, whatever is available with from any time between nine months from now and a year. Yeah, I guess so. But they're so they're like having issues where Corey doesn't really. It, this feels very uh, typical where like Topanga is wanting to plan and Corey is like, eh. Whatever. Oh, gosh. This is just my like my life. I don't need to watch my own life in front of me. (laughs) So then we have Tommy and Eric and they're like just hanging out like the cafe area in the student lounge. And he's like, listen, I'm not getting any younger. I'm the oldest kid at St. Mary's. I don't fit in my bed. Are you going to adopt me or what? And Eric is like completely taken out, like taken, like shocked at this question. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, young sir, but if you don't fit in your bed, then I think that you need to tell the orphanage that they need to transition you yeah. out of the toddler bed. Also, it feels like he's super young to be the oldest kid at the orphanage. But well, I, I think know. that just speaks to the fact that people don't want to adopt older kids typically. Yeah. And so Eric says they're not going to let me adopt you. They're going to tell me it's impossible. And the guy is just like, listen, it's going to be like Scooby and Shaggy. He saved him because he loved him. Why don't you save me? And it's just like, I mean, I get I understand like Eric's in a really tough spot in that. What's he supposed to say to this kid? But I mean, he's the adult here, you know, like he has to say, I'm just your big brother. Like, I'm not. I'm not your parent. I'm always going to be your friend. But I think that he does a pretty good job of telling Tommy it's not going to happen in this scene. The issue is the like he I mean, like he's a big softy. And the more he talks about it, the more guilty Eric feels. Yeah. So then when he goes to his parents, he's just like, I feel like crap. Like, you know, he's asking me of this and he, he knows that it's not that possible. It's and it's not until. He's told that Tommy's going away to California where he's like, I need to adopt him because I can't lose him. Yeah, that that whole scene is like super awful because it's like, yeah, like you're right. He can't stand the idea of Tommy not being around. Um, So then we're with I got to say, I did as much as this episode I was like, really? Like, what are we even doing? I did love 
um, getting to watch uh, Ben Savage have like some really funny moments in this episode at the wedding. This was so funny. The bit with the dad I yeah. thought was the funniest shit we've had in a while. No, you're right. That I had forgotten. So like that that part I really do enjoy. We're basically Corey and Topanga are apparently at this banquet. They're crashing a wedding, but they're supposed to just stay out of the way and just be like keeping an eye on things because they want to get an idea for what a wedding would look like, which I'm like, this is awful. Like the banquet owner should not be allowing this. But I do love that it's it's the like it's the theme of the episode. Yeah, I like I I think that it's kind of like a trial run and they can just crash the wedding as long as they don't cause mischief. But the thing is, is that for some reason they invited uh, Angela and Sean as well. That's insane to me. Yeah, like, oh, you four people can like hang out and poke around at this wedding and it's just like. Why? Why is it like, oh, me and my fiance want to check out this banquet hall. But also, can we bring our broken up uh, friend that's a co- like friends that are a couple that previously I guess couple? like he's obviously going to be the best man. And I think that we can safely assume that she'll be the maid of honor. Right. So maybe that's why. So they get there and they're saying like Topanga's like, oh, it sucks. Like our wedding is never going to be like this. It's not going to be this beautiful because my and Corey says, wait, your dad's not rich. <laughs> <laughs> he is rich. He's a he guitar. guitars for like celebrities. Didn't they used to go to New York City all the time yeah. and buy out the American Girl doll store yeah. or something? Yeah. Uh, and so then we see this is when the two people come in. So it's the guy who's getting married and the bride's father walk in. And basically the father is like, you need to work, come work for me. Like you're, how are you going to afford all the nice things for her? She drives a Jag convertible. How are you going to afford that for her if you don't come work for me? But the, he's teaching kindergarten, the, the groom and he's like, no, I'm not I'm not going to come work for you. Like, I love your daughter. Isn't that enough for you? But this guy, I, I loved the guy who played the uh, bride's father. He was cracking yeah, me up. Yeah, Richard Port now. He seems to be in a bit of everything, mm-hmm. including The Sopranos and I don't know. Yeah, he feels like, like a Sopranos everything. guy for sure. Yeah, I, I love the line where he, the dad was saying, don't you want to have my daughter um don't you want my daughter to have nice things and the groom was like i you know want to take care of her i think that's a nice thing you know we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna be happy for the rest of our lives i think that's a nice thing i thought that was the uh it was a pretty good line mm-hmm. but not enough for stan that is not enough for stan man. stan has very high expectations and he's like talking to himself after the groom walks away he's like how can my daughter do this he won't even listen to me and Corey, i do like love i think like some of uh ben savage's really strong moments are just in his facial reactions and so when the camera cuts to him and he's just standing there awkwardly as stan is looking at him he has this great look like a plank he's like don't look at me don't Uh look at me you're looking at me he's like starting to grimace it's so funny and uh he's like i mr beckman said i could stand here and so Stan doesn't really care. Like he doesn't. I mean, he's rich. Like he doesn't care if there's like an extra person or two at his. No, it's wedding. just a hundred bucks. Yeah. What's that to Stan the plumber man? Yeah. And so he's like, uh, "My daughter's gonna marry a teacher of kindergarten." And then we get the joke, which really felt very meta, of Corey saying like, "Oh, my kindergarten teacher was Feeny." Wait, he's been the teacher every single year I've had him, which again is quite the retcon <laughs> because 
I don't think we got that impression when he was like his sixth grade teacher at the very beginning of the series. I don't remember ever getting the impression that Feeney had been his teacher forever. For five years prior. quite a bit of stalking, if that's the case. (laughs) I mean, not for nothing. We know for a Mm -hmm. fact that Feeney's been stalking the Matthews family for a really long time. He is just obsessively staying with Corey every single year. And somehow also has been Eric's teacher repeatedly. Yeah, exactly. It's very strange. I don't know how. I don't know how. Um, Uh, But yeah, I thought that was a funny meta moment. Yeah. And so uh, and he's like, oh, are you a friend of my daughter or the loser? And he's like, oh, uh, neither one, sir. And so Stan latches onto that. He's like, "Ooh, you called me, sir. I like that. Uh, Yeah. And he's Corey's respectful. Mm -hmm. He is somebody that will kind of follow in tow. Uh, and he n- recognizes Stan uh, from the guy in the commercials, yes. which Stan like too. Yeah, I do think Corey is this. Uh, uh, that is something that, as much as we joke about all the retconning and like continuity issues in Boy Meets World, the personalities of the characters, for the most part, are very consistent. And Corey has always been the kid you want to bring home to your parents. Like he has always been a gentleman and someone who is like afraid of authority and wants to please people. And so when he, so it's, yeah, it's Stan, 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 the plumber man. If I can't flush it, no one can. <laughs> um, and they like hug and he's like, I like you kid. Uh, and so, yeah, he's like, you would listen to me, right? If I, if I talk to you and he was like, of course, I think my generation would be much better off listening to their elders instead of wow, wearing those fancy schmancy backwards. <laughs> <laughs> he because Corey's always been such an old grandpa, yes, right? Yeah. Uh, I and also he's he stand questions if Corey is a virgin as well. Yes, he goes yeah. yes, sir. I'm cursed. Yeah, because he finds out like oh this is oh this is Topanga like she's my fiance isn't she great? And Stan says they're all lovely with the lights off, which is like. What, what the a hell? fucking weird thing to say, Stan the plumber man. Yeah, but then he's like, he finds out that Corey is a virgin. Um, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to choose you. You're just the type of nice guy I always wanted to be with my daughter. Uh, and Stan's just like, listen, I don't love the guy she's going to marry. I love you instead. So I think you're a nice, polite kid. You respect me like a son I deserve. So he offers Corey a million dollars to marry his daughter, which... I feel like, I mean, I don't know. Let me look up. What year was this again? It was like 99 uh, I think or we're 99. Okay. 99. Excuse me, but you're telling me your beautiful daughter is only worth a million dollars as if yeah. I say $50 million so do you at know the very least. What $1 million is valued at today? I think like $9 million. Not. <laughs> what? That's not. That's an insane amount of inflation. Oh, I it's don't know. It's 1.7 million. <laughs> I don't know. They talk about inflation all the fucking time. <laughs> um, but either way, I don't think that, I don't know, unless you didn't, unless you were like already planning on divorcing someone, a million dollars does not feel like an adequate amount of money to marry a stranger. No, Charlotte York only was, only was going to get $500 from Trey for each male heir that she produced. I, I remember that. And that's not a lot of money. No, that's she not, said, that's I'm not worth a million. I think that, I mean, what is the, what is the correct amount? Like, what do you think is the right amount to marry a stranger? Okay. I feel like at least 5 million. Mm, okay. I will be perfectly honest. I'm dirt poor and I probably would do it for a million, 
but I would but say. But after taxes, you're only getting like 500000 Well, is it, a, is it a monetary gift? That's the thing. Anything over fifteen k, I think you have to pay taxes on. Oh, God. Then I would rather get it um, in, with annuities. Yeah. Yeah, but then yearly you, annuity. But then if you do get divorced, then what? Oh, You're not getting the up. monthly paycheck. This is, yeah, prenups are so tricky. Okay, I would do it for... 10 million. Ten, you just 50. said you would do a million. Now you're now you said, I said 10 50. million? I I okay. Number 1. I might not be the prettiest, but I do have blonde hair and blue eyes and in some cultures <laughs> that's worth a lot. <laughs> so I know my worth. <laughs> that's fair. Um yeah, like I would say give me like three to between 3 and 5 million because then I could get divorced and like still have a lot of money and lot that life does left nothing to live. for you in this day and age that would be enough to love my life that's a lot of money to live your life well, sarah you can invest it you could hire a financial and advisor and invest it and then make that money back no i had this conversation recently and it was essentially how much money would you take right now to quit working forever and people yeah, and people were a like, lot. oh, um, like five million and whatever. I was like, bitch, that's not going to last you anywhere. Five million? Not- you can't live your life off five million dollars? No. What are no. you doing? If I can't work ever again, five million dollars is not going to get me fucking anywhere, Jessica. That's nothing in this day and age. I mean, at least get you a like, okay. Think about what your average person makes. Let's say your average human makes like 50 grand a year or something. And then a bunch of shit's taken out in taxes. Like you're telling me you can't live off of 5 million for years? No. That wouldn't last you years? For my, the rest of my life. But that's what I'm saying. You invest invest part of it invest even just two million it's not guaranteed it's not nothing is guaranteed though i'd rather take the five million and have so much time on my hands two billion that's so much two billion who's giving you two billion dollars i don't know but that's the number gosh that's the number um anyway so they're in they're in negotiations now (laughs) you're bougier than i am at the very least which doesn't take much i'm not very bougie i just want my chanel i've never bought anything chanel well neither have i but that's my dream what are you talking about i want to eventually get chanel i would invest in real estate i would have like a few different houses I bet Stan's daughter has a house oh my and God. Chanel. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so they're in negotiations. Um, and so, yeah, so Corey's like, uh, I have a girl like, you know, she's over there. Uh, I have a girl over there on the side. And I love how Stan says, hey, who doesn't? <laughs> like, it was just, I don't know. The very, the jokes are really good this episode. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so then we have... Eric going to his parents to tell them about the situation with Tommy. And I do love the um, the physical comedy here where um, Eric's shirt is like his fly is down. And then Eric's like shirt gets like stuck in it and he just rips it off. Wow. How do you do that? That was great. That was like a magic trick. Like when the magicians pulled the tablecloth under the glass. Yes. I such, feel like they had talent. to have 
like it loosely connected in the back for it to and then they add in the like like noise oh you know what I bet it's like kind of like a vest with a cutting in the back. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And then that way when okay. he pulls it, it just comes off real easy. Yeah. But if you could actually do that, that's really impressive. I think that he's very impressive. Mm-hmm. Alan's right. Nobody else could do that but him. <laughs> um, And so like Eric's all offended because they're like, you can't even take care of yourself. And he's like, I came here for encouragement. Uh, and I do love, I think it's Amy who says, Eric, you would make a great parent to Tommy someday, but not now. You don't have a job. You don't have a home. You sleep on our couch. Like, I think that's a good point. Like, Eric is going to make a great dad someday, but he's so young and his life isn't in the position. He can't take care of himself yet. He certainly can't take care of a kid yet. I, yeah, I, I think that. Amy and Ellen are right. I don't think that he is ready, but I also can understand what Eric is going through right now. He feels like he has nothing. You know, he just lost Jack and Rachel. Corey's about to get married. Like, there's not that much going on. Yeah, I totally get this. And I think this is very um, relatable in that a lot of people go through moments like this where if you're the only friend that's single or if you're the only friend who doesn't have a kid or just like everybody else in your life seems to have a lot going on and you're the one who doesn't I'm sure that could feel super isolating and someone like Eric is a super social person and so I feel like he and he's had this moment before where he's felt insecure because he's behind right like he didn't go to college right away he always felt like he was a little bit behind everyone else And I think he's getting that feeling again. And so he just wants to have someone in his life that he relies on and that relies on him. Um, But but yeah, so even his parents are like, even if you want to do this, they're not going to let you. You can't support him. You're a great big brother. Be that. That's what he needs from you. And I'm like, this is actually such good advice from. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And they're not being, like, super judgy to him in front of him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they're not saying, like, oh, you're a stinking idiot. Well, I mean, they kind of are. At least Amy is. I feel like Alan's being very supportive in this moment. Yeah. And I, I think, like, it's they I think it's Alan who says, like, oh, you know, he tells he tells the new baby, like, please don't be crazy. Just be normal. And then they do say, like. You know what? They do have good hearts, though. Our kids may be, like, nuts, but they have really great hearts, which I totally agree with. Like, the Matthews family all has big, caring hearts, for sure. Um, And uh, and so, yeah, <laughs> Amy's saying, Alan, you're going along with this? The kid just pulled his shirt out of this fly. No one else could do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's super talented. Yeah. That is that's very, very talented. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so then we're at the adoption agency and Eric finds out that, and this makes sense why Tommy was so like acting like this was so urgent that someone else wants to adopt Tommy and he does not want to go with them. And we find out from the adoption agent who is the woman from my big fat Greek wedding, which I was very excited about. Um, yeah. that he does have a say they wouldn't ever place a child with a family they don't want to be with. Um, and she says, especially when there's an emotional conflict and, uh, Eric is the emotional conflict in all of this. Um, this is really tough. Like Eric, cause Eric says like, oh, well these, these people sound like they're good enough to adopt you. Um, I'll be, I'll still be your big brother. And then they say, well, they're going to be in California. 
and Eric immediately is just like, you know what? I want to adopt him. And I thought this was like, I understand where he's coming from emotionally, but like, don't say that in front of Tommy. It's such a bad idea. Yeah, I think that this was like the biggest flop. It, the, these types of things should not be discussed in front of children. I think it's like super inappropriate. Um, so I, I I don't love that he wasn't thinking about that in this moment, especially um, with Tommy right there. Also, this actress from is obviously from my big fat Greek wedding. Have you never seen that, Jessica? I literally just said that. Did you really? Yes. I I cannot wait for this podcast uh. to come out and you to go back like maybe a minute when we first meet her. And I said, it's the woman from my big fat Greek wedding. OK, I you do that to I me do, five billion trillion time. times all the time. <laughs> this time I I got like a work text in my defense. I mean, it's fine. I'm not ashamed. No, it's, you. it's not. It's, it's inappropriate. I am publicly shaming you, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and but yeah, so I, I love her. And I think she actually is a perfect person for this role because she is kind of um, very like soft. I don't know how to like better explain that, but she seems very sensitive. And like she's trying her best to say to Eric, like, hey, this is not a good idea. But she's doing it in like the nicest way possible. Um, and I feel so bad because like Tommy's so excited. He goes telling everybody and Eric says this is the happiest day of my life. And it is so sad because we all know it's not it's not going to work out. Yeah. Uh, poor Tommy. I just uh, it's so sad. He just wants to get adopted. Yeah. Um, but and he wants to be adopted by Eric and California is so far away. I don't know. It's kind of a stinky situation for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Corey telling Sean about the whole stand situation. <laughs> Sean says, take the money. But I love Topanga. We all do. Take the money. <laughs> uh, and uh, so then it's just like um, they're trying, like, you know, Topanga over here is like, we're supposed to be doing research. Um, oh, she is so up his butt. Yeah. Like research. Corey's mingling. That's basically research. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's just like, oh, we're supposed to be watching and deciding what we want at our wedding. Um, and so Sean is just like, you know what, Corey, if you're not going to take the money, I am. And I loved this because it felt very true to character in terms of what Sean would actually do and how Stan would receive Sean, um, considering he knows who Sean is immediately. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I guess probably Sean is like a bit of him, like kind of street smart exactly. and like can be like a little bit of a character in that sort of way like you know cheating the system or whatever i don't know so he, he's like sean tries to do the pitch of that why he should be the person that should marry his daughter and he's essentially like you know what this is like such like you know such, what are the odds like i was just talking about this to that curly haired kid over there and then you came along and essentially he's like get out of my face yeah um, yeah, he calls and him I'll spanky. Um, spanky. And he's just like, um, what does he say? He's like, you know what? I'll give you 20 bucks to like get out of my face. Yeah, to get the hell away from me. And Sean takes it. Yeah, Sean so was great. about to, you know, say that he was worth more than a million dollars. He was about to bargain oh, with yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I feel like Sean 
has very um like low expectations in terms of money like he would do it for like 50 grand you know what I mean because he doesn't he doesn't come from a lot of money and so for him that's that's a lot of money um but yeah he takes the 20 bucks and he uh he leaves <laughs> um yep so great uh, so and, th- and then in this moment we're back in the adoption agency and the woman is like here let me show you all the information about the couple that's interested in adopting Tommy and we find out that this is definitely against the rules. Like, she's not supposed to be showing him this. But I like that she's bending the rules to kind of be like, you need to not. This this couple is perfect for Tommy. You well, yeah, yeah. You have to take the kid's interest uh, to heart and not your own. You know? So yeah. she shares that this family actually is from the Philadelphia area, moved out to California, and they had already adopted a kid from this agency before and they were looking um and the the girl sarah is looking for a little brother and they have a dog and they live in california and i don't know whatever whatever else appealing things yeah and i loved the little story from the adoption agency woman where she says like you know we do we usually do get a lot of letters at the beginning and then when the letters stop coming we know that they're happy like they're busy they don't they don't we're not their family anymore their new family is and um and they have like this really beautiful note from the prospective mother where she says like Sarah's in third grade she's turned into a beautiful young lady we never realized it was possible to love someone so much um all that is missing is a brother for Sarah and a son for us and like I think like Eric is certainly having a crisis here because he's like I love Tommy too though like it's not you Mm -hmm. know I know him I love him um and the woman I think the woman is like I'm sure this has happened before where they've had big brothers big sisters get very attached to the kid at the orphanage that they're sponsoring I don't really know what it's called um and I mean it can't be easy especially when it'd be different if Tommy was gonna stay in Philadelphia but he's moving all the way out to California like that's gonna be it that's all yeah yeah um, I, I think that Eric in this moment knows what the right thing to do is. So then he goes and speaks to Tommy and tells him that he's not going to get adopted. Yeah, this is sad because Tommy says, um, oh, I'm all right. Look, dad, I packed my stuff. Isn't that cool the way I call you dad? And I'm- I think that that's when you were like, I fucking hate this kid. I mean, yeah, like I think the thing is with child actors, it can be really tough because either they overact or underact right so for example we had young morgan so first morgan not this current morgan who barely spoke two words uh, (laughs) when she was in scenes and then we have tommy who i feel like overly says stuff or like actually it is very similar to first morgan where she screamed all her lines like it feels very similar to that where it's just like look at that i call you dad isn't that cool dad and i'm just well it's it's because they're not acting they're memorizing lines and they're like parroting what they're saying right like they're not really you know they're not feeling the emotion yeah um yeah it's just i don't know and so yeah this is when this is when um eric says i can't be your dad uh these people in california sound really nice um you're going to have a mom and a dad and a house with a pool, a sister and a dog. And Tommy's just like, I don't need a dog. I have you. 
He's like, I'm go- not going anywhere but with you. And he says, and I kind of like this, that Eric says, like, I, I don't know. I- do you like that he doesn't really give an explanation? He says, I'm not going to adopt you. And Tommy asks, why not? And he says, because I'm not. I'm not going to adopt you. Like, do you, would you rather he give an explanation or do you think the more he gives an explanation, the more Tommy's going to just be like, but, 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 but. Yeah, I think that's right. Like, I think that it's better just like you're the adult. A lot of the times you don't have to bargain with children. You know what I mean? I don't know. You have to put the. uh... This feels like very much like a because I said so moment, which isn't usually the best method probably i'm not a parent i i don't know what i'm saying but it just i don't know i think this makes sense though where because i think for eric if it takes tommy hating him for him to move on to be with the family that actually is going to be great for him like eric doesn't like it but he's willing to do it yeah he makes that sacrifice doesn't he well yeah because tommy says i don't like you anymore and he says i'm really sorry to hear that um and he's like and now i'm going to california to be with people who care about me he's like good for you tommy and so like but it's it's really hard to watch eric go outside of tommy's room and like break down um even though the like adoption agency woman like gives him like a smile like she's i think she's like grateful for what he did yeah i think i think that she is like she says like good for you because she knows it's like hard for yeah for eric um he's losing somebody he's invested a lot of himself into um and once again eric feels like he doesn't have much these days but he puts tommy um and tommy's feelings in before his own yeah and does the right thing yeah um then we're back at the wedding (laughs) Stan is still trying to convince Corey to marry his daughter. And I love how Topanga's catching on. Uh, where he's like, she's like, why does that man keep talking to Corey? <laughs> I would be so weirded out. I'd be like, like, why? Like, what is get happening? away from my fiance. What a freaking weirdo. And Sean is feeding into it by being like, it makes you mad, doesn't it? You should break up with him. <laughs> like, come on, Sean. You're being such so bad. Um, and, uh, Stan is like, well, what would you do with a million dollars score? What's the first thing you do? And he says, I'd buy a Volvo. And like, Stan loves that. Loves this. He's like, oh my gosh, you're trying to keep my little girl safe. Like yeah. it's a family card. Yeah, like, give your old you man know, a hug. Yeah. And I love that Corey is like smiling from ear to ear. I think Corey oh, just this loves to be loved. Corey loves attention oh, and he loves yes. people, please. So this oh, is Oh, absolutely. Him. Uh, absolutely so then jesse the daughter comes out she's like okay time to go down the aisle like all this is happening moments before the wedding starts which is ridiculous yeah and then everyone's like what the heck she's this person's like a really pretty girl like yeah yeah she's beautiful so Corey, of course is like double you know he's thinking about it again um and so he's like and so stan is about to go down with his daughter down the aisle and he's like think carefully you'll never get this chance as long as you live uh and so they they go down the aisle but like this is so strange i've never seen a wedding processional where like this the dad stays standing (laughs) no this is not normal because he 
He leads his daughter to the end of the aisle and then stands there and just stares at the at the groom with disgust yeah. and hate. And uh, Corey's like getting really weird. And then they do like the thing where it's like if anybody has anybody, any thoughts like or reason for these two not to marry, yeah. say now or forever hold your peace. And then. At the same time, Corey is daydreaming that he's on, like, this, like, Tahitian vacation because Topanga is whining about how they're never going to go on a honeymoon as nice as this couple. You know how you do that, Topanga? Don't get married when you're 19. There you go. Very true. But they wind up going to Hawaii. So, like, uh, like what do they have to complain about? They had a beautiful honeymoon. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, and then we – and, of course, I do have to say I love how – I feel like also it's especially – in the 90s anytime anybody daydreams about being in a tropical place or on a beach or whatever or basically being pampered they're getting fed grapes always and i just feel like the method in which these people are fed grapes seems awful because let me explain this let me overly explain this i am a human who hates if you give me if i go to like a restaurant where the drink is gonna have ice in it i'm not an ice person but if you're out at a restaurant they always put ice in the glasses right if I don't have a straw with that drink, I'm unhappy because when you go to drink a drink with ice in it and you don't have a straw, it, the ice just whacks you in the face. And I hate it. Now, oh. similarly with the grapes, I don't need 20 grapes whacking me in the face. Okay, Pick one you don't off, like, pop it in my like, mouth. That's it. Yeah, you, you don't like when objects teabag you. <laughs> Exactly. Smacked in the face with a foreign object. You don't want. You don't want to be teabagged by the grapes, with grapes or any right, any though, entity. Like, pick one off and feed it to me. Because what if yeah, you I, pull the grape off and you get the stem too? I. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't want to be fed. I'm not a child, hmm. so I. I. Un, I, have I to understand. Really think about it. Like that's not my go-to. Like if I'm rich and fabulous and living in the lap of luxury, no, I'm not being fed. But like. Every once in a while, it would be kind of nice to have both hands free and be fed. But to do what, Jessica? Read a book. I don't know. Something. No, I don't want to be fed. What would you be fed, though? If you had to choose to be fed, like what would the what what is the best option of a type of food to be fed if you're going to be fed? You know what I mean? I don't think grapes are it. Um, Certainly not no. like an apple. It has to be something like, consumable. Remember the good old days when people like helicoptered an airplane to your food? Yeah. Like when you were so one. So like, oh, like applesauce would probably be a good thing yeah. to be fed. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so like children's food. <laughs> Maybe pasta. <gasps> you know what? I take it back. Pasta is the trick. Spaghetti specifically because... I can never get it on the fork the best way, like they show you in the movies, to like spin it on. Uh-huh. So if I could have somebody else do that for me, that would be great. Have you ever used a pasta spoon? What is different about a pasta spoon than a regular spoon? Okay. <laughs> is it a different type you of spoon? You have the fork and you spin the I've pasta, done that, the spaghetti but my question, on the spoon. I understand what you're saying, but is there a specific spoon? You said a pasta spoon, like it's a different type of spoon. Is it just a teaspoon? Yeah. No, it's like roundish. Oh, isn't that a soup spoon? It's a pasta spoon. You got to Google pasta spoon. I'm not Italian. I don't have pasta spoon. We'll have to ask our special guest Tommy if he has a pasta spoon. I'll message him right now and we'll see what he says. Anyway, 
So moving on from that, while this is all going down, right, the guy's like, speak now, forever hold your peace, yada, yada, yada. And I loved this where Corey's arm keeps like spasming up. <laughs> yeah, and Topanga keeps like trying to pull it down. And he's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and he's just like, oh, it's just a spasm. And so eventually Corey does this so much where he just like flings himself into the aisle. If I'm Face Topanga, down. I am so embarrassed. Oh, I would be mortified. They were supposed to keep a low profile. This yeah. is the opposite of a low profile. And I love Stan going over immediately to like help him up. He's like, come on, attaboy, attaboy, come on. Uh, and I would be so fucking pissed if some rando gave a speech in the middle of my wedding ceremony. I would too, but freaking whatever, the daughter and the kindergarten and, teacher. Yeah. They were eating it up. They were like, this is the best they speech I've ever it. heard. They loved it. Because Corey basically says, like, okay, everybody listen up. This is very important. Uh, this is the greatest place to get married I've ever seen. I would love to be able to get married in a place like this, but I can't. But it doesn't matter. Uh, he says, nothing matters. Not money, not where you get married, nothing like that. All that matters is who you're standing next to. And the only person I want to stand next to is you. Which, like, you're making this about yourself. Yeah. It's like, excuse me. You're basically telling the bride, I hope that you're as happy as me and my college sweetheart and are And they don't even moment. know you, Corey. They don't know they you. Don't. They don't. They're like, oh, who? They're going to be sitting in bed that night. You know, talking about their wedding day. And then they're going to be like, wait, who are those random kids that were at our wedding? I would demand money back on that banquet for allowing these randos to get in there. This bride is wearing a choker of rhinestones that are like four stacks thick. It's taking up half of her neck space. Wait, the the bride? The bride, yeah. I don't think I noticed. Oh, it's like a thick it's like a dog collar it's i don't thick. understand that 90s thing i mean like the bridesmaids were wearing scarves that like draped like around the front and then like the two ends were down their back um it's not it wasn't my style i gotta say i very no, much it was on the 90s simple, the simple side 90s style um so yeah so then as like Corey and Topanga are leaving uh Stan shouts out two million <laughs> yeah and and Corey's tempted yeah, but they, they leave back up. also yeah. I did get an update from um Italian representative um on, on one of our guests touchdown Tommy he says he thinks he has a pasta spoon but he has to go like see if he actually has one he does say they're s shaped slightly differently to give more surface area Yes. So there you and go. then you accompany it with a pasta fork, which only has three prongs. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. Wow. This is why you're not a good spaghetti spinner. Because be you're not I'm not Italian. I never learned any of this. I'm not I hope Italian that either. To this podcast learned something today that there is such a thing as a pasta spoon and a pasta fork. You're welcome. Well, your explanation of I'm not Italian does not work out because I am not Italian. I'm also just not well-traveled and I don't know things. Oh, okay. I feel well, like I... you know that because it's like a British thing where like they have this fork for that thing and this fork for that thing and they all have to be set up in a specific oh. way. Right. You know. I mean, to be honest with you, there's a lot of Italians in New Jersey. So there you, you go. Just said that. Well, also New Jersey. Moving on. 
so um Eric is back at home and his parents are like, you did the right thing. Like he's in the best oh. place he could yeah, be. Yeah, they're consoling him. And yeah, he's like, he hates me. And they said, listen, they're going to, he's going to love you eventually. Like he's going to be so happy you did this for him. Um, and Tommy is at the door and he's like, I didn't want to leave without saying goodbye. Um, he says, I'm really mad at you though. Uh, and they hug and it's really cute. Well, I'm mad at you, Tommy, because you're a complainer. Tommy says suck. It's not not you. Not Tommy, our favorite guest. Uh, our favorite Tommy oh, yeah. guest. Yeah, it's no, our favorite. Our guest. Tommy's. Oh, you can't say he's our favorite. That's guest. why I just said. I said he's our favorite Tommy guest because you can't have a oh, favorite okay, guest. Oh, okay, 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 okay. No, our Tommy is great. Much better than this Tommy who sucks. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, then we get our after credit scene is like I don't understand. Sean is now in Corey's fantasy and is being fed yeah. grapes. Um, also, That's, I think I like green grapes better than red grapes. Oh, I have gone b- uh, back and forth throughout all time, mm-hmm. but I think right now I'm on like a red grape kick. Oh my God. Why are we always opposites? I don't know. Um, so this is the last time we see Kid Tommy. Yeah. But do not worry. Do not worry mm-hmm. because we do get to see Tommy again in Girl, uh, Meets, Girl World. Meets World. Are you kidding? Yeah. They're like, let's get the most random ass guests we possibly could get. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. yeah so. Do? Okay. So this is Girl Meets World season two, episode 11. Girl Meets. um, What is it called? Girl Meets Tommy. No. Uh, no, it's actually episode 10. Excuse me. Girl Meets Mr. Squirrels Goes to Washington. Oh, good God. That makes no sense. So, okay. So as we know, Eric is running for senator. Right. So there's this um, random kid that comes up and is like, oh, you should like go ahead. I believe in you. And then Eric, guess what? Enlists the kids like Maya and Riley and the and Squidward or whatever that boy's name <laughs> is. Funkle, Finkle. Oh, stupid Farkle. Sporkle. Yeah, Farkle and Luke to run his campaign for him. And then... Then they're at a debate and the, the, the basically Eric's stance is that like kids need more like opportunity and they need to like vote earlier and like we need to listen to kids because they have fresh ideas. And then the opposing senator is like, why do you know anything? You don't even raise kids. You don't even have a kid. Like, what do you know about kids? Oh, and then, and then Eric is like, I don't know. And then Tommy is the kid in the beginning that's like, believe me, I believe in you. You should like go and like try. And guess what? Tom- it was Tommy in the audience the whole time. Wow. wow. Yeah. And he's and Tommy is, says, oh, guess what? Like, there was a time when I was a kid and Eric was a great father figure to me and he changed my life for the better. Wow. Well, there you go. Yeah. So glad I never watched that show. (laughs) Anyway, that was our first episode. Let's go to a quick ad break before we come back in with Be True. We're back to so we get confirmation this episode. I was wrong. I'm so sorry. Feeney hadn't done the deed with the dean yet, but he's gonna yeah. soon after this. I episode. told you he was on drugs instead. He he. That's yeah. why. I don't know why why I forgot that this episode existed, but like I forgot. Well, this I think there's existed. good reason. Like this is like a shitty. What episode. is going on? Okay, we gotta get into it because this episode is literally off the walls, bonkers. So. 
Feeny and Eric are meeting, and Feeny, or Eric is being a good wingman, and he's just like, listen, you're 100 years old. You have to go after it with Dean. Like, you got to move faster, buddy. Like, you're a scaredy cat. You obviously have the hots for her, and you need to do something about it. Yeah, you're wasting time. Yeah. That's basically what he's saying. Meanwhile, the girls are trying to, like, pump the Dean up, and is like, yes. Dean, like, are you going to like Feeny? Do you not like Feeny? Yeah. Like, what's going on? And, like, Mrs. Dean is like, I need George to make the move. Yeah. Like, he needs which, to show me that he likes me. Which, okay, that is fair. That, like, at least Feeny needs to express some interest. But I will say, Dean is a strong woman. Like, I, she is a woman in power. I mean, the power dynamics, don't get me started. It's not okay. He's her, she's his boss, whatever, whatever. But Dean is a freaking powerful woman. She could make a move if she wants. I just think she's like, you know what? He needs to show me that he deserves to be with me by showing me how he feels. Um, I also love how she's like, I hiked up my skirt at the seminar. Like, he should know. <laughs> and I was like, Ooh! showing it off, Dean. Um, showing it off. So Feeny or Eric is just like, listen, every second you wait is another clogged artery. <laughs> Come on, Eric. You are so rude. Um, also, can I just give you a quick update on the pasta spoon situation? Yeah. Further developments have happened. Sure. Tommy thinks it may have just be, been a soup spoon he's always been using. So there may not be a real pasta spoon. It may just no, be there, a soup spoon. I mean, like that's what he has. I had a pasta spoon and fork set. Do pasta spoons exist? And fork. And fork. Spaghetti spoon. Spaghetti. Oh, no. Spaghetti spoon, I think, is... For like when you pick up the spaghetti. Oh no! Well, I, I'll I, sh- so I Google. I, I okay. Do pasta let me spoons send and you this. Exist. Um, let me send you this. I just sent you a Bloomingdale's list. Listing. Blooming, how do you? How is the first thing you go to Bloomingdale's? Let me live my life. Daily spaghetti set. It does kind yeah. of look like a soup spoon. Uh, yeah, but it's. I think it's flatter because the point I is. I really that don't like those spin- forks. Honestly, I really hate them. Three prongs. It's like a trident. It's not even a fork. A fork three- has to have four prongs because it's a fork. I. I mean, it's not fork. Why are you telling every single Italian that they're wrong? <laughs> All the Italians are gonna really come and come hot for me on Twitter this week. Anyway. So, yeah, so he's like, listen, you got to do it and you got to do it now. Um, and so Feeney goes up to the dean and just at that moment, in comes rando guy who apparently is like a world traveler or something. Curtis. Yeah. An archaeologist. Ar- he's, you know what? He seems like a, an archaeologist. You love archaeologists. I thought that you would be impressed by this dude. I, I mean, he's, I would if he didn't suck. Yeah, so, like, plot twist of the century, this is Dean's ex-husband. Right. Um, and so it's been 15 years since they saw each other. He's been all around the world, yada, yada. Um, and so Dean introduces him to Feeney. Um, and uh, so he's like, I, you know what? You know the minute I knew I didn't like Curtis? 
was when Feeney's just like, ah, oh, a pleasure, Mr. Kincaid. And he's like, oh, come on. What's with this mister? It's Dr. Dr. Kincaid. And I'm like, all right, mm. I've had enough of you. Yeah. So as much as I respect people that go to medical school and had all the training, you don't have to correct That's me. That's what I'm like, saying. Like, I, I respect you. I respect you. I respect that you're a doctor. I know that it took a lot of effort. But if I'm already being like polite by calling you sir or mister, you don't have to be like, oh, it's a doctor. Yeah, he's terrible. But anyway, so he made this huge top secret find in Africa and it's going to change the course of life or whatever. Um, And he's like. He's just like, oh, I don't want to be called an archaeologist. I prefer fortune hunter, adventurer. It's just like, oh, my gosh. But he says he's here to win back the Dean. <gasps> oh, no. Just when Feeney was going to try to swoop in and ask her out on a date. Yep. I can't believe it. Yep. So Eric takes matters into his own hands. And we have this so this scene makes zero sense to me because it is like. Okay, we did a Godfather episode. Like, we, we, we did. done did that already. And now yeah. we have this weird Godfather music playing. And, we yes. and like, Corey and Sean are, for whatever reason, holding a bake sale. No explanation given on why. They're apparently in the bake sale business. Now, I got to tell you, like, I ran bake sales in college. However, they were for a reason. They were for yeah. the student interior design club so that we can raise money for honestly we usually just raised money so that we can throw a party at the end of the year but nonetheless <laughs> nonetheless we were raising money and bacon in the process so i was on the base sale circuits yeah. in college but i don't know what these boys are into why are they bake sailing yeah I don't know. And then on top of that, it's all this like Godfather references where it's like, why do you come to us now on the day of our bake sale? Like it's this <laughs> whole thing. And I'm just like, this feels so out of place in this episode. It doesn't make I know. any it's sense. It's so random. Okay. So the bake sale sign says bake sale for, but the thing is, is that it's too zoomed in. I can't find out what the bake sale is for. <laughs> Tell me, uh, tell me what the bake sale is for. Say, they don't say what oh, it's for. Okay, bake sale for the underprivileged. What underprivileged? <laughs> I mean, technically, Sean's an underprivileged. Maybe that's the bake sale for Sean. The big con. Out of, and yeah. there's, they have a pie there. Now, how are you going to sell the pie? Are you going to sell the entire pie? You or are you going to pieces. cut the pie? You're cutting the pie into pieces. That's disgusting. The good thing about yeah, bake sales is that everything's pie. individually wrapped. Yeah, I guess you have to sell the whole pie. So Eric is just like, I need your help. We have to help Feeney. Are you in or are you out? Um, and they're like, we're in the big sale business. Uh, and so I guess they're just like, you know what? Okay, it's fine. We'll we'll help. And like Sean goes into this whole thing where he's like, I was traveling all around the country. And it's just like, you took like one week of travel. It was two weeks. And I don't think that you even made it across the yeah. country. I don't think you made it past Texas, to be honest with you. And he says this whole thing about nonsense. He's like, I also know never to park a trailer across a railroad track when that thing is down. It's just like, and then Corey brings up from the past. He's like, I hit a teacher. I'm on probation. I can't do anything. Um, and so Eric's just like, you know what? I'm ashamed to call you guys my brother and Sean. And so he takes a cupcake and he ate the whole thing, including the wrapper horrible like this whole scene is so ridiculous and then we get 
Rachel and Jack content, which also feels ridiculous. And like they've just been waiting to do this episode because of the height difference between the two, um, which is pretty significant, I guess. Like Rachel is an, a taller than average woman and Jack is a shorter than average man. And the funny thing was, is that I thought at first Jack didn't want to go out together because he didn't want to run into Eric. But then oh. they like pulled this whole thing and that it was really like a height difference thing. I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, I don't really care about this. Like, if, if he wants to wear those platform shoes, he can. He's not embarrassed of her. He's embarrassed for himself. But yeah. And so he's just basically like she's like, I want to go out and he wants to go to the movies, which is like dark and quiet and whatever. But she wants to go dancing. And so he's just like, OK, we'll go dancing tomorrow night. Meanwhile, we have um, Feeney's classroom where this freaking Kincaid guy is telling a story. He's talking about like jumping off cliffs, jungle gymming into the river, like all the, it's like this huge story. Yeah, it's big coach from Survivor Energy. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He just has story upon story upon story about his adventures. It's like, what is true? What is not? Yes. Um, and, of course, Topanga and Angela are like, wow. And, and Eric is just like, hey, no, we're on Feeny's side. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like the, the thing is that Feeny has no firsthand experience in this this dude has a ton so yeah they're trying to defend feeny and being like you know he's like a cool and fun guy yeah. but other people are like how can he compete with somebody that's been so adventurous right because feeny says well great let's get back to like what we're learning about and everyone moans and so and eric's like you're you're dying man you're dying you got to do something um <laughs> It's very funny. And Kincaid, like, goes to, like, insult Feeney. And the dean is just like, excuse me. He's a very good educator. And the freaking Kincaid guy is just like, you know what? When you've experienced all of this firsthand, it's so hard to get excited about it, about a book. It's just like, and then he shades Feeney by saying it's so much safer just to read a book, isn't it? And I'm just like, Ew. I've had enough of you. I mean, like, it is. It is, but Paper Feeney cuts suck, is. Though. Feeney is teaching the youths, you know, yeah. like you got to just give him credit for that. You do. So, uh, so then we are back with Eric, Corey and Sean. Uh, and they're just like, and then they get like, all godfathery again. He's just like, I feel like this gentleman may require our attention. It's just like this whole weird thing. Um, and Corey doesn't want to get caught. Like, that's the big thing, right? Like, he is, this is pretty bold of Corey to do, I gotta say. Being that he is already on probation to try to yeah. pull this caper off feels like a bit yeah. much. It's a bad idea. So, they do it anyway. They wind up going to, I don't know, like an ancient artifacts room. I guess this is. I think it's a lab, uh, like a science lab or something. But I don't I know guess. why, if, if this bee was so precious, I don't know why he's hide like, leaving it in there i don't like it looked like in my opinion i thought it was like kincaid's like private office right but it's next to feeney's office so that wouldn't make sense like unless he kincaid also worked at the i thought he was just visiting i don't think he has any like faculty I privileges no idea but it but also just seems room... weird that like if this bee is so important why are you leaving it on a college campus in an unlocked room yeah that's yeah. on you yeah idiot uh so yeah like the so i don't know why but Corey and sean decide to trash this room this is 
this is, whole thing is so outrageous. First of all, I got to say, I do. I love whenever Corey and Sean are super just, we've always talked about this, how emotionally connected they are. And they're like very cool with just being very open about that. And when Sean says, it's us against him, living on the edge, babe. And Corey just says, I love it when you call me babe. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's fun. <laughs> It's fun. Yeah. So they start throwing papers. Then they find a brain. They, this is absolutely, so they have a jar with a brain in it. And he, they're like, this has to be the big discovery he's talking about. He discovered the world's first brain. So then they try to get the jar open. And instead of, I don't know, like getting a piece of rubber to like help them grip it. They take a statue thing and they just whack it with it and break the statue and then These they like break other things and so then they finally get the brain out and i can't believe this but Corey like literally just picks this brain up and it is so gooey and nasty gooey looking. slimy it's like i don't know it has like mucusy like yeah. gunk on it mm-hmm. so i don't know and it's so bad because then he he doesn't even make a millisecond before he's like think fast and he throws, and he throws the brain and then the brain breaks in two <laughs> this is, but again this is so stupid like i don't know why i'm laughing but it was really funny <laughs> it was not it was not funny what was funny was sean's line like do you want motor skills or, or personality yeah. personality mm-hmm. i thought that was pretty good that was a good joke yeah it was great uh, and so then we're back in like the classroom where Feeny is teaching and Feeny's trying to teach and Eric's just like, Feeny, stop hiding behind your books. Um, and he's like, you're in pain. And Feeny says, you're not even <laughs> in this class. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally see Eric just sitting in on every single Feeny class he possibly yeah. could. Yeah, I love this. He's like, you know what? Someone who's fine does not let the world-famous super-duper explorer guy who's five times the man you'll ever be swoop in and take your booty. And Feeny says, she's not my booty. I mean, if she was my booty, I would prefer not to talk about my booty in front of the entire class. <laughs> I love that William Daniels said booty That's like five so times good. in the scene. So good. Um, and so then the whole class knows that he loves the Dean. And so he just sends the whole class out. Um, and he's like, why won't you make your move, Feeny? And he just says, you know what? Decorum would suggest that a gentleman allow a lady to resolve an old friendship before he engages her in a new one. Uh, and he's like, you know what, Feeny? You're in a love triangle. And take it from someone who's been in a triangle before. He who hesitates is lost. And I don't know why, but in my head, I remembered the exact way that Eric says, Rachel! Like, it just is forever in my brain. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's so good at these types of, like, proclamations. Yeah. But it's also, like, I don't know. Like, Corey is, too, when he says, bang. That's why I think they really got... I, again, I don't know if it's luck or that really good casting. Uh, they got they got lucky, though, because kids you never know, right? Like, that they, they have such talented actors in the main cast. Because though it's it's a lot of obviously like that we always um say ben savage and his physical comedy is like off the charts but also just the way will friedel acts out these scenes is like it it, it um it heightens the comedy yes. in it you know yeah um and uh and <laughs> eric says i'm fine i'm just like you and feeny's like oh no <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and so then Sean tries to like put the two halves of the brain back together and then they drop them like it drops a jar on another jar and then they hear buzzing. It's the bee. It's the bee. And they're like, okay, phase two. Let's open the window for some air. I don't understand why opening a window sets off an alarm. Well, they knew it would, too. They're like, oh, we know just what's going to happen. We're going to open up the window and it's going to set off an alarm. And then Feeney's going to come in and we're going to be in trouble. Like, they knew what was going to happen. This is an emergency exit. Like, why is it setting off an alarm? Who knows? I think it is. I think this is a highly armed room because this is where the bee is. Maybe. But Feeney, so Feeney comes in just like they knew he would. And they're they're like, we didn't break any of this. And he's like, well, who did? And they're like, you did it. And we're telling. Uh, so then they run out and lock Feeney in the freaking door. How is this safe? This is not safe to be able to lock someone in there. I don't know. This is this is a bunch of nonsense. Who knows what's going on in this episode? Um, then Jack and Rachel are getting ready to go on a date. And Jack comes out and he's wearing lips. <laughs> I like them. What? Tom Cruise has to wear them. Okay, no one has to do anything. They just choose to because they're insecure about their height. You're right. Tom Cruise chooses to wear platform shoes. Yeah, and so does Jack. And Rachel is just like, um, I'm looking straight ahead and suddenly you're in my field of vision. What's going on? Like, she notices that he's wearing elevator shoes. And he says that the guy who sold them to him called them manly (laughs) step-ups. I like that. Manly step-ups. Yeah. And so she feels very, I don't blame her for feeling very insecure. As someone who is also very tall, I spent a lot of my life being a lot taller than everyone else. Like, at this point, I'm not as tall as Rachel is. I don't think, at least. Um, No, she's over six foot. Okay, so then, yeah, definitely not. Um, But I can totally feel this, how she's like, oh, man, like, you're making yourself taller because I am so tall that you feel like I'm going to, like, stand out and you're embarrassed to be seen with me. But it's the exact opposite where he thought he looks very shrimpy next to her and he's like I never thought about this until we got together because I never thought you'd be interested in me um and so he says listen she says you don't I don't want you wearing those like I need I want you to wear normal shoes um and so they decide okay let's go dancing um and this old woman who the ever the heck this even is just says to them, she's too tall for you. It's just like, who oh, these, you? These neighbors are terrible. I can't believe all these neighbors. And I've only seen teenagers in this building. I also who was going to say the same people? thing. I feel like a lot of times with colleges, it's like a building is usually filled with like college kids. And like, who are these elderly people and why are they so nasty? <gasps> oh, I hate it. I hate it. They're so mean. Yeah. Um, so then the Dean comes back in with Corey and Sean, uh, and he's just like, I didn't do it. Um, and she's just like, you know, it's hard to believe when it's right in front of your face. Um, and he's like, this is insane. Uh, and he's like, they did it. They did it. Um, and they're like, we've been selling muffins for the underprivileged the whole time. And so they get Topanga and Angela to corroborate this whole lie. Um, and Eric says, you know what, Dean? This was an act of love culminating in an act of vandalism. It happens all the time. And so the Dean finally pokes him and she's just like, well, was it an act of love? Uh, and they're all like, yeah, you have to say, yeah. 
And this is when freaking Curtis comes in and he's like, where's my bee? The bee is my discovery. So apparently this bee is super freaking important because it has a reverse migration pattern, which means Mm. they're going to mate the species with the killer bees that are already here and they'll migrate from where they originally came from, saving thousands of lives. The thing is, I'm very confused because bees, as we all know, are a good thing. You want bees around. They're pollinators. They're good for the environment. Wasps, I hate bees, but yeah. Wasps are the bad ones. Wasps, hate wasps. do nothing. Yeah. They sting you and they're mean and they're terrible. And so I'm very confused as if he's talking about wasps or bees. Because I would agree. If they're bees, you don't want to kill them. No, there's killer bees. But are killer bees wasps? I don't know, girly. <laughs> I hate bees. And I really, I don't want to talk about bees. Okay, I'm just, this is the question I have. But either way. The bee is buzzing around. Everyone's trying to get it. And it uh, it lands. R- oh, no. First, Dean finds the statue that he gave her for their anniversary. And he's just like, the hell with the statue. It's all junk. Who cares? Oh, yeah. And that made the Dean so sad. I mean, I would be sad, too. It's so rude. Um, and then the bee lands on the Dean. And he's like, nobody move. And we find out the Dean is allergic to bees. He's like, you have to put up with this. This is my Nobel Prize. And I love this. Feeney just walks up. He's like, I don't think so. And he grabs the bee. He squishes it in his hand. And I'm, I love the way he reacts. Like the, the noise he makes is so funny. Yeah. He's like, oh, this hurts. He's like, I might be dying, but at least I saved you from the bee. Yeah. So he gives the bee back to Curtis and Curtis like runs off to the zoology department and the dean is super impressed with what Feeney did for her. He's like, I would never let anything harm you. And she's like, what took you so long? And then they kiss and it's so cute. So cute. Um, and then- Yeah, that's a good, a good kiss. It's so because, as you know, like the dean and Feeney were married in real life. Yeah. And they're still married after all this time. So I think cute. that they've been married for, I don't know, 70 something years. Oh my gosh. I loved this. And I loved too that they're all like, kiss her, kiss her. And it's like a whole group of people. But Feeney does it anyway because he's just like in the heat of the moment. Um, and Sean and Corey think they got away with it, but they have to wear orange jumpsuits and wash a bunch of windows. Yeah. So they got in trouble. Yep. They did not get away with it. And Feeney and freaking Dean are all schmoopy now. He like she like kisses his bandaid. So cute. Um, And Dean says the reason she was attracted to him is because she'd never seen a teacher whose students were willing to go to such lengths to see him happy. Yeah. She loves that he's a good educator and he's caring uh-huh. and he loves the kids. So it's really nice. I'm I, obviously we're so happy that Feeney found love. Yeah. I mean, we've been waiting a long time for this six seasons. You know, he hasn't really mm-hmm. had anybody like there's been a love interest or two, but nothing that's really like lasted. Um, so this is really nice to see. Uh, and I love Eric coming up and being like, listen, Dean, Feeney and I are really good friends. We love to hang out. So if you ever want to like get frisky, you just need to give me a signal. And Feeney just like grabs him and it's just like, okay, you're done. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and then the weirdest end scene, like this is so strange to me where Jack and Rachel are getting back from their date. And an old woman is just standing there and Jack's like, I don't know what I was thinking. We're like great together. And another old lady says she's too tall for you. And then they go in their apartment and they're being robbed. By the first old lady. By the first old lady. 
And Jack, like, has a baseball bat, and then he rips the mask off of her, and it's another old lady, and she's like, she's too tall for you, and leaves with their stereo. I don't <laughs> it's bad. This. this is so bad. I hate it. It's the worst. It doesn't make any sense. It- no, it doesn't. This was kind of like a stupid episode of Dawson's Creek. I'm not Dawson's Creek. yeah i mean i like the end result of like feeny and and the dean getting together but like yeah it's a pretty dumb episode altogether like it's like it does feel like one of those ones where they're like they came up with one bit and they built an entire episode around it oh yeah absolutely Um, absolutely it's it's not my favorite but i i did like the first episode though I think they're fun. I like the wedding stuff. I don't care as much about the Tommy and Eric stuff. I know. But the wedding stuff is very funny. Um, I do think, like, it is it's it is nice to have a little bit of a reprieve from the serious episodes. Because we've had some very serious episodes lately with Sean's dad's death. And then the baby nonsense. Like, the baby just, like, drama. And so it is nice to have some, like, more cheerful episodes of Boy Meets World. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I'm really excited for the next episode. Yeah, so next week we're coming back with just one episode, season six, episode twenty, "The Truth About Honesty." I don't. We're getting some drama Ooh, next episode. That's exciting! Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, so yeah, so we'll be back in a week with that. Um, but Sarah, where can the people find us? What else is going on? What would you like to plug? Weekly Dawson's Creek content, weekly Boy Meets World content in August for bonus content. We are going to be watching the best decom that's ever been uh, shown in the galaxy. Xenon Girl, the 21st century. Love it. It's my favorite. It's so good. It is good. Um, we also joined Chance and Cameron over at Boy Meets World Fever to uh, do a bracket of the best season five episodes of Boy Meets World. So go check that out. We had a really great time with them. And Jessica and I are over at Post Show Recaps. Um, Together we are podcasting about uh, Pretty Little Liars Original Sin. It's a lot of fun so far. And I will be covering A League of Their Own with Grace and Marissa. So very, very busy. August is a crazy busy month for podcasting. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me at the Jess Sterling. Um, I'm covering also a community over on Community Building and Posha Recaps, as well as Paper Girls over on Posha Recaps. So check me out there. Um, if you love the show Succession, we just did a little check-in podcast on that as well over on Posha Recaps. So Plenty of content out there for both of us. Um, super excited to, to talk next week. I can't believe we're only three episodes away from the end of this season of Boy Meets World. Wow. And yeah. then we're on the final season, if you can believe it. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back next week with season six, episode 20. Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you all then. Bye. Just ask. Shit 90 shows taught me. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. 
CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.